Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Prosecutors scored a big win in a Chicago corruption case. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. After an eight-week trial and 27 hours of deliberation, we finally have a verdict. In the ComEd bribery trial, all four defendants found guilty. The defendants included the former CEO of the giant electric utility, but it is former House Speaker Mike Madigan who is really at the center of this case. Each of the four defendants stands to face serious jail time, but the case still has a long way to go. It's expected to head to an appeals court. Former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan is set to be tried separately next April. To learn more about the verdict, the trial, and what comes next, we're speaking with WBEZ state politics and government reporter Dave McKinney. Dave, the verdict seems like it's been a long time coming. Tell us what we heard from the jury yesterday. Well, the jury, I think in no uncertain terms, delivered a message to Springfield, and that was that they don't, don't like the way Springfield does business. They don't think that uh, ethics is is front and center, as it should be, and that they believe that was displayed in this case. Mm-hmm. The four defendants in the case were accused of arranging jobs, contracts, and, and money for, for Madigan allies, but the defense argued this was just run-of-the-mill lobbying. So remind us of their argument and why the jury was just like, no. So, I mean, the core of this case was, you know, it it looked at a period of time from 2011 to 2019. And and Commonwealth Edison, you know, they they have a a major interest in what happens in Springfield because they're a state-regulated entity. Mm -hmm. And and there were three three primary pieces of legislation that they wanted to get through down there that they did get through. And and it, it had significant impact to the company's bottom line. It brought the company back from the brink of bankruptcy and yielded... Uh, in excess of a billion dollars, and uh, you know, the, it, a lot of serious money. Mm. And and ComEd knew that in order to get what it needed in Springfield, it needed cooperation from Madigan, who, uh, you know, we all know Madigan, the mythic uh, former Illinois House Speaker, who who seemed impenetrable, the the all knowing, the all you know everything. Mm-hmm. And and so what the scheme was that was laid out in court and that jurors believed was that that uh, ComEd, in order to get its way offered these uh, jobs to Madigan. I mean, Madigan was the one asking for them. Right. You know, dozens and dozens and dozens of these things. And, you know, they, they range from interns all the way up to uh, a spot on the ComEd board, which, you know, you think about that for a minute, and it's like th- this is a publicly held company. And and what business the Speaker of the Illinois House has in, in you know, dictating or, or right. recommending somebody for that open question. But the real crux of it, in, in all of these job requests involved a series of no-show ghost subcontractors. These were people that were being put on contract, arguably in a de- very deceptive way. Uh, they were, it was off the books at ComEd. There was no uh, real 
easy way to spot it. Mm -hmm. But these were folks who were precinct captains in Madigan's 13th Ward political organization, specialists at knocking on doors and circulating campaign petitions, people, uh, you know, kind of political mercenaries who would go out around the state and and work in these really uh, tight legislative races that Madigan wanted to win. And these folks were getting four and five thousand bucks a month to do no work for ComEd. And, you know, imagine, Sasha, I don't know what you would do with four or five thousand bucks a month that just showed up consistently. That's what these folks had. I think a lot of us are looking for that kind of money. But yeah, for sure. Uh, So where does the case go from here? Well, uh, the, the case likely will be appealed. So I feel like it's not over. Yeah, well, we'll we, th- there will be an effort to, to try to get this case appealed. Uh, the, the attorney for the former CEO of ComEd, Anne Promajori, uh, Scott Lassar, he himself is a former U.S. attorney. Um, he indicated yesterday after court that he was uh, he, he and his client intend to appeal the case here. Um, and, it, it, you know, it all it all pivots around what constitutes a bribe, what constitutes conspiracy mm-hmm. and, and do jobs count as that. And the jury said they did. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And that's Dave McKinney with WBEZ. We're talking about the guilty verdict that was handed down yesterday in the ComEd corruption trial. Now, the four defendants were accused of paying $1.3 million to allies of former House Speaker Michael Madigan. And so Dave's here helping us break it all down. So let's get back to talking about Madigan just a bit more, Dave. I mean, he's obviously the big fish in this scandal. As I mentioned, he's being tried separately. Tell us why. Well, he's he's uh, been charged uh, in a racketeering and bribery case. And part of what that case encompasses is what we just saw play out, the ComEd bribery piece of it. But there's a there's more to it than just that. You know, that uh, when he was indicted, there was uh, another scheme uh, laid out allegedly that, that involved AT&T of Illinois. Similar situation where, where AT&T had legislative needs. Uh, Madigan had people he wanted to, to have placed. And, and so that there, there's there's a bigger case awaiting Madigan. And McLean. McLean, uh, Michael McLean was one of the defendants in the ComEd case, former right. lobbyist, confidant of Madigan's. His right hand, yeah. He, he is on trial again with Madigan. So this this is, this is will be uh, phase two for McLean. Mm-hmm. But the two of these people uh, are, are scheduled to face trial next April. And what, uh, you know, what we saw from this case, I think, was sort of a, a legal stress test on some of the evidence that will come into play in that trial and, and the strength of it. And what, what the jurors... Uh, spoke about was how uh, how how captivating it was and, and decisive it was to them to hear mm-hmm. uh, the defendants talking on these government wiretaps. There were more than 140 of them played at trial, and and the, many of these were were wiretaps from McLean's phone, and mm-hmm. also uh, the the wiretaps that were uh, from a government mole, a guy named Fidel Marquez, who used to work at Comet and oversee lobbying. Interesting, and and so. It was a legal stress test of all this stuff that, uh, that that came into play here. And I think that we're going to see that come out in the Madigan trial, too. And I think there are alarm bells, honestly. Yeah, I was going to say, world. I mean, anything else that comes to mind that you think this verdict gives us insight into for, for next year? Well, I do think that, you know, that, that it's a, uh, you, you know, so far we've had two major shoes to drop here. The very first one that people kind of forget about now is back in 2020, Commonwealth Edison entered into a deferred prosecution agreement with uh, the Justice Department. And that was, you know, basically to forego a bribery charge uh, against the company. And ComEd agreed to pay $200 million, a a, a record fine Mm -hmm. uh, for its conduct here related to this. And this scheme was laid out in that deferred prosecution agreement. So you have that. Then you have the outcome of this trial. And so I think those two things combined, you know, give a real preview of what lay, lay ahead for Madigan. 
So after the verdict, prosecutors said that they hoped that this would be an example to, to politicians who might engage in corruptions. Do you think, though, that this is going to be the, the warning they want? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I once had a, uh, a situation early in my career. I was covering the string of bank robberies. And I, I remember a, a person at the FBI telling me at that point they were sure they were going to catch their person. Because the thing with bank robbers is that they always think they're smarter than the last one who got caught. And that same kind of dynamic comes into play in politics, at least in yeah. Illinois, where, where, you know, people forget, you know, the lessons that were learned from a, a George Ryan uh, scandal, for example, mm-hmm. or a Rod Blagojevich scandal. And, and so, you know, I think there is pressure right now in Springfield to do something, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know what the appetite is there. Yeah. I mean, several public corruption trials are set for this year, right, including one involving former Alderman Ed Burke. Is Illinois politics turning a new leaf? Is it fair to say that? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 the skeptic in me says probably not. But, you, you know, th- these, these corruption scandals and, and the, the criminal convictions that happen along the way, they always trigger change and, and, and an effort by the people in charge in Springfield to try to come up with some sort of, you know, ethical wallpaper to kind of, you, you know, make sure this never happens again. And I put that in air quotes because... Uh, it does happen over, over and over again, as we saw. Oh, for sure. And and one of the things, for example, that uh, you know, when the deferred prosecution agreement that I referred to came out, mm-hmm. uh, there was there there were a you know a handful of ethics reforms associated with that, and and one of them involved a new requirement for state legislators, all 177 of them, to disclose annually whether they have any relatives working for power companies. And I went to the effort of, of looking at every one of the 177 statements that got filed in yeah. this past year to see how many disclosed that they had relatives working at power companies. Had and they? guess what? Zero. No one. And so, so there is an ethical or there is an ethics reform that was a really fruitless endeavor. And, and what you think about that particular thing, and I'm not trying to pick on, you know, wh- whoever dreamt that up. But, but the reality is what we saw play out in this trial with Madigan had he been operating under that standard, under that disclosure standard, he wouldn't have had to have disclosed anything because the people he was recommending for these jobs at ComEd, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, were his precinct captains. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and people who were friends of political friends and so on. So as we move forward, we know there are going to be next steps, as you've mentioned already. What are you going to be following closely, Dave? Well, I mean, Springfield, they, they operate on their own schedule. And right now they're, they're looking at an adjournment deadline scheduled for May 19th. So really they've got, you know, a little over two weeks left of time in their spring session to do anything. And, you, you know, it, it sort of feels a little bit like, you know, they may run out the clock on this. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, certainly I would expect if Madigan goes to trial next year as expected, you know, there'll be great pressure after that to do something. There may be an effort in the fall even to do something. But, um, you know, the, the, the piece that I, I put together for WBEZ and the Sun-Times, mm-hmm. you know, uh, w- one of the, the voices in that is a friend of the show, Joe Ferguson, the former uh, Inspector, General. Inspector General from Chicago. And, you know, he has ideas. What what struck me in reporting that piece was that, you know, as I, as I called around to people in Springfield about, well, hey, what, what should be done in response to this? And what I kept hearing was, well, hey, you can't criminalize uh, a politician for making a job recommendation for somebody. We mm-hmm. all want somebody in our corner to help us get a job. And, and, you know, the other thing I heard a lot was, well, hey, the system works because these people, Promajori and the, and, and 
the, her co-defendants, they're on trial. They got caught. And, and yet, it, it's, it, it, you know, you talk to people like Ferguson, and that's not a satis- neither yeah. of those is satisfying answers. Hmm. Well, lots for you to dig into, Dave. And of course, we'll have you back. Yeah. That's Dave McKinney, state politics and government reporter for WBEZ. Thanks for the update. Thanks, Sasha. We should also mention that uh, ComEd is currently an underwriter on WBEZ. This episode of Reset was produced by Andrew Merriweather, who edited the episode along with Dan Tucker. If you want to be in the know about everything happening in Chicago and across the region, subscribe to the Reset podcast and newsletter. You can find us wherever you find your podcast, and you can sign up for the newsletter at wbez.org slash reset. That'll do it for today. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.